0: You know, last week we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the, why, the Holy, why the church needs the Holy Spirit. I've talked so many times on speaking in tongues and power, and I'm thinking, God, everybody knows this already. Everybody knows this. What, what is it that, what's, what can I do? What Holy Spirit, what do you want? We'll just sit and just enjoy your presence. A couple of times during our nine-day prayers, we just sat at the end and I said, I can't move. The presence of God was so sweet, so intense. And so many words of wisdom were just coming through people's uh, hearts and mouths, and we appreciate that. And I, I'm just, I'm thankful for the ones that are here, and we want you to be comfortable and, and you know, do your distancing if you need to, wear your mask if you need to, there's, there's stuff to, to clean your hands around here somewhere, uh, Donna T. takes good care of us, making sure we have everything we need. But let me tell you, if you can go to Walmart, you can come to church. If you can go to Food Line, you can come to church. That's not meant to be condemning. That's just meant to be a reality, a fact. Another thing that we've heard many years is you can tell the size of your dream by the size of the obstacle that stops you. If your dream is small, the smallest little obstacle will stop you. But if your dream is larger than any obstacle, you're going to get that. You may have to go over it. David had to fight Goliath, didn't he? David had to fight Goliath. Do you know what david had already been preparing in the pasture he had already been killing the lion and the bear in the pasture he would already prepared for that battle and, and many of us have been preparing for a long time for the one battle that's going to set us apart for to do what god that was that was a turning point in david's life he had already been anointed king but there was a turning point, and I, I think there's going to be turning points for all of us. And and I think this nine days was a turning point for me personally. It was a turning point for our church. And many of you that participated, and you participated through the Internet, that was fine. some of Many of you came here. That was fine. Whatever, how you could do it is fine. We, we, we're we just thankful that you did. We had a lot of good prayer support coming through the Internet, we appreciate that. But it's important to come together in the body of Christ, you know, to don't forsake the assembling. We need each other, right? We need each other. So as we talk about Pentecost and, you know, uh, what it really is, you know, Holy Spirit came for a purpose. He came for a purpose. And the purpose wasn't to give us goosebumps, right? The purpose wasn't just speaking in tongues. The purpose was He came to give us power, Okay, we've heard that a lot, right? We've heard that a lot. Then why don't we have it? Why, don't, why is that manifested? And so as we think about Acts 1-8, that the disciples would receive power, we saw that they did receive power. How did we know that? Peter went from impulsive, insecure, and unstable to the great apostle Peter, who was the rock that Jesus spoke about Matthew 16. So we saw that Peter was transformed. It's power to be different, power to, to be transformed. We saw disciples that were arguing over who's going to sit next to Jesus in, in, in the kingdom. Suddenly they're, they're out in the in, in, in book of Acts again, and they're saying that they're rejoicing. Because they said, we're counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. We said, we see that power of transformation. Let me tell you, that power is lost, I believe, in the church today. It's not lost. It's not, it's not taken advantage of. It's here power that changed and transformed them and through them the world was changed if we want to say why do we need holy spirit power is to do the work that jesus called us to do that's the purpose of holy spirit power It's to be a witness of him and that's what it says in acts 1 and 8 he says you're going to receive power when the holy ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses you know that word in the greek is the word martyr well that's kind of ooh martyr well, let me tell you what martyr means. Martyr is someone who is put to death or has great suffering because of a belief or a religious value. He says, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. I'm going to give you the power to be put to death. I'm going to give you the power to suffer for my name's sake. And, you know, we think about today and what about in our nation? How have we suffered in our nation? Most of the time, the only suffering we've known in Western Christianity is inconvenience. If the power goes off or the air conditioning's not working or somebody gets your seat or whatever or the city's got the road blocked, you know, we're suffering for Jesus. That's the most we've known in many cases. You should go to some third world nations if you haven't been there and you know what suffering looks like. You walk into these places where there's, we ministered in Mexico years ago and there were dogs and chickens running through the church because they had no windows and no doors and no power. We had to finish before the sun went down. One lady walked, I think it was nine miles. No, excuse me, four miles. She was eight and a half or so months pregnant. She walked because she wanted to be at church. And he said she did it every Sunday. Every Sunday. Here, it's tough to even get in the car and drive 15 minutes, right? Well, that's too far. I don't want to go to church at 30 minutes away. That's too far. Let me tell you, we'll go an hour to eat right? We'll go an hour to go to our favorite restaurant. We've driven 45 minutes to get out to Big Daddy's many times, haven't we? Get that stuff, that chunk of flounder, right? Roger, he knows about that. But see, we, we need to understand that what we're called to do, and it's not to be, don't be offended. It's not our blessed life, best life now. That's not what it's all about. It will be your best life now. But see, we got our eyes on the wrong thing. We don't understand the true purpose of the church. And we said it all through the nine days. You've heard it in here. The purpose of the church. We're the only one that can combat the evil that's going on in the world. We're the only ones. The government can't do it. If we think the government's going to save this mess, forget it. The government's not going to do it unless the government's filled with Holy Ghost-filled people. Which, thank God, some are getting that way. But the church is, is the authorized representative of God. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. So we, what do we do? We preserve, we save, and we bring light into dark areas. And Jesus did everything he did through the power of Holy Spirit. In Acts 10 and 8, it says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and with great power. Now, why was, he, why was he anointed this way? It tells us he did wonderful things for others. He did wonderful things for others. You mean we got to do something for others? And then it says, and he divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. For God had anointed him. Okay, you want to know what you're supposed to do with Holy Ghost power? The right there it is. You're supposed to go out and find somebody that's under bondage of the, Holy Spirit, of the devil. And through Holy Spirit, you're going to set them free. You're going to set them free. Well, what if it's during my favorite football game? They can wait, right? No, that might be the one moment. What if it's inconvenient? that might be the one moment. I don't think Jesus walked around with a calendar on his cell phone. I don't think he did. I think he just Wherever he went, as opportunity came, Jesus allowed Holy Spirit to work through him. Then we see in John 14, you hear these scriptures all the time. These are nothing new to you. He said, I tell you the truth, whoever believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. He said, The same works I have done, you're going to do, and those works are for others. John 16, 7. He said, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. It's best for you that I go away. Now, by the way, he knew he wasn't leaving on the trailways bus that afternoon. He was going by way of the cross. It's best for you that I die on the cross. It's best for you that I get beaten and broken. He says, because then I can send the, the Holy Spirit. I can send the Holy Spirit. So we see that the life of Christ was a life of sacrifice for others, for the benefit of others. And it, and it's not what we see today, in, even in the churches, I'm afraid. We see jealousy. We see offense. We see rage. We see destruction. We see gossip. And it shouldn't be that way. It's none of you guys, I know. It's none of you. It's all those others. But we have to be careful. You know, Lord, is it me? We constantly say, and we were saying last night, even here, God, purify our hearts. Show us our junk. We don't want to have hearts of offense. We don't want to have hearts of jealousy. We don't want to have hearts of strife and bitterness. First John 3, 8, this is what the power looks like. This is what you're called to do, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus says you're going to do the same works he did. You said, well, I just want to go to the wedding and turn water into wine. Is that what we want? <laughs> I just want to turn the water to wine, Lord. I don't want to really do this stuff with the devil. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> he had to deal with the devils before he ever dealt with the wine, right? David was a worshiper before he was a warrior. And if you're not a worshiper, you're never going to be a warrior. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil in who? In others. Ephesians 3.10, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What is that saying? That Gentiles would be grafted into the body of Christ. That was the great mystery that God had. What, it's all about others, right? God said, I'm not just satisfied with my little Jewish nation. I want everybody to know my love. Do we have a heart that we really care if anybody knows the love of God or not? Well, they'll find out if God wants them, he'll touch them. God will send somebody. What if he's sending you? What if he's sending you? And so if I hate somebody because their skin's a different color than me, and God saying, but you're the only one that can reach her. You're the only one that can reach Wayne and Anita. Well, God, but they've got a different color of skin than I have. So? So? Are they any different underneath the skin? Are we any different? We're the same. We're the same. God doesn't value me more than he values her or vice versa. We've got to come to terms with some of this racial prejudice mess that's going on in our nation. God's not impressed with all of that. That's the You know, racism is of the devil, by the way. It is of the devil. And I'm so thankful that we don't have that view in this church. And I've heard people say that, Well, I don't see color. Well, you better see color because we're all different, right? Or you're going to be blind, right? I want to see the distinctions. I want to see the differences. And I think I said it last week. If it wasn't the color of the skin, it would be something. It would be all the tall people are superior to all the short people. Or all the redheads are superior to all (laughs) the... Yeah, Donna. Donna, you don't have a chance then. (laughs) Where all the short people are, are superior. I've even heard that left-handed people are more intelligent than right. Have you ever heard such foolishness? Yeah, I'm sure all those researchers were left-handed, right? So we come to the conclusion of what benefits us. So so it's for others. Ephesians six ten six twelve says, For we're fighting against we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not about people. That's not our enemy but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers and forces in the dark world, against evil spirits. Why? To free others. Why do we pray and, and combat the principalities over our city? It's for others. It's for our city. You know, we came against this spirit of addiction, pornography, and all this stuff, this education, this problem we have going on in our schools. Our schools need to start back when they're supposed to start back. There's a spirit of restricting. You know, there's parents that need to get back to work. Thank God the governor signed something to hold back on evictions, I I heard yesterday. Thank God for that. Well, how are these people gonna pay their mortgages? I don't know. They can worry about let get ask God how to do that, right? He'll take care of them, all these landlords. But there are principalities of addictions and perversion and immorality and idolatry and racism that need to be broken, and we're the only ones that can break it. We're the only ones. The church is the only one that has the authority and the power to do that. And we have to understand power. And there's, there's basically twofold, two, two, twofold power. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus talked about one. He said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and in earth. The word he uses is exousia, exousia, and that is power, that's authority to rule, that is the superior power. It is foundational power, and it's what gives the other powers its ability. This power can be granted or delegated. It's positional power, and it's intangible, and it operates through the spoken word of authority. And God has assigned his word, right? Right? As authority, it says his word is forever settled in the heavens. That word means deputized. His word is in authority over the heavens. So God has assigned his word, uh, his authority, his word through his authority. And the second kind is found in Acts 1 and 8. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. That word is dunamis power. Dunamis power, that means possession of controlling influence, often understood as manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural manner. So what's the difference? Dunamis power is demonstrated power. It's tangible power. It can often be transferred by a touch. In in Mark 5, as Jesus said, Jesus was walking, and he said he perceived in himself that dunamis had gone out of him. And he turned in the crowd, and he said, who touched my garment? See, that was a transferred power he had that because he already had the all ruling authority power and we see both are shown in scripture and and if we look at Luke 4:36 and and they were questioning Jesus and they said they were amazed and said to one another what is his what is this word that he's speaking for with authority exousia and power dunamis he commands the unclean spirits and they come out well let me tell you Jesus has delegated to you exousia And he's given to you dunamis. If we look at 10, 19, this is what he said to his disciples. He said, I have given you exousia, authority, ruling power over all the dunamis, the the manifested powers of the devil. I've given to you ruling authority over all the manifested powers of the devil. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. I, we were thinking, we were talking a lot about David last night, and and I was thinking about Exousia and Dunamis. You know, when David battled Goliath, he took a stone in his slingshot and he hit the giant and he knocked him down. He stopped him. That, that I said, that's kind of like Exousia, that's ruling. He he took authority and knocked him down, but see, he hadn't knocked him out yet. He had to go get his sword, which the sword represents the word of the Spirit, right? <laughs> it was he used Goliath's sword, and he had to cut his head off. That was Dunamis' power. He finished the work, so we have. We don't want to stop to say we have the word authority that we. But we also want that dunamis. But see, we have authority over demons. That's the, that's ecstasy, But we have to say in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of this person. And then we see that manifested power in people's lives. We have to understand that power. We have to also understand that we have to. We have responsibility for that. Each one of us individually. I can't be responsible for your dunamis or your ecstasy or whatever. I can't be responsible. I'm only responsible for what God has given to me, and this is where the church has to take that and walk in it. We have to walk in it. We can, we cannot settle for for a, a weak, anemic church, right? So, is Holy Spirit baptism just speaking in tongues and yelling at demons and laying hands on a few sick people, hoping somebody's going to get well? It's more than that, isn't it? We have to understand that we've been equipped for victory. It's more than about goosebumps. It's more than just about goosebumps. It's not so we can just walk up and pray for somebody, slap them on the head, and they fall on the floor, and, oh, it only goes good. Well, what happened when we were down there? Did anything change? Did lives get transformed, or was it just an emotional experience? I've seen people run around in here. Yell and to the top of their lungs and disrupt everything. What happened there was just flesh. But, you know, it's okay if that was their emotions, but not in here. Right? Do it at home. Right? Unless everybody's doing it. Yeah. And it's also not so we can have a prophetic line and people come to hear the word of the Holy One because they're too lazy to get it for themselves. Is this too hard for y'all? I know it's not. You guys can handle it. The greatest misuse and abuse of the Holy Spirit is the attempt to have his power, his influence, and his wisdom and not to have love in our heart for other people. And I believe that's the biggest issue why we don't see the power of God evident in our churches. is because we don't love enough. We don't love enough. It's been given to us, but we don't love enough. What was, how did Jesus look? Let's just look at Philippians chapter 2. And this is what the Lord showed me yesterday. So the, re- the people have got to learn to love. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed someone, right? People come up and we want to pray for them. Do we care whether they get healed or not? Except to put a little notch on our, on our what do you call it, on our <laughs> belt? There was another one. I got another one healed today. I'm so rich with power and authority, you know? Do we ever pick up the phone and call and say, how are you doing today? Do you, need, do you need to talk? Is there anything I can do for you? Oh, well, we'll get the team to pray for you, okay? We do it all the time in churches. We don't do it, but churches do it. This is what Jesus looked like. And he said, consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mind become your motivation. See, this is our goal. This is our mindset. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as the supreme prize. Do we have, are we concerned about who's going to get the credit? I've seen people leave the church because they didn't get the credit. They didn't get noticed. They didn't get it their way. They didn't get to sing on the worship team, Dan. Dan. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Let that soak in. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. That's why Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest leader, you better be the greatest servant. If you want to be the greatest leader, if you want the most power, serve the most people. God's not going to waste his power on somebody who's just going to walk around and grandstand it. I believe. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. This is why he qualified for power to heal and cast out devil. This is why. He was now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God. This is where the church must be if we want to experience power of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking, you know, in in this, all that we do, it's not like a video game where we accumulate points and whoever has the most points at the end of the day wins. Sometimes we call them seats filled. Whoever has the most people in their church, that's the ones that are winning. Not if nothing's happening. You can be huge and be healthy. You can be weak and be uh, small and be healthy or vice versa. You know, it's about real life. It's about real people. It's about real demons. It's about real power that we have. John three sixteen said, For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And Jesus so loved the world that he came. See, love put him on the cross. Love brought him here. Love kept him on the cross. Love for us. He so loved us that he sent his son. John 13, 1 says, Jesus, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. How much do we love people? Now remember, we're talking about agape love. Not sloppy agape. You gotta be you gotta have wisdom. You gotta know when somebody's pulling your leg. You gotta know when somebody's not willing to do what they what they need to do for themselves. See, agape love is I love you and what's in your best interest. And sometimes that best interest is saying you need to go ahead and go on your own because you're not listening to anything we're saying and doing. I've had to do that many times. And you know what happens? Sometimes it will turn their hearts back around. Sometimes it doesn't. See, God, and I really believe God doesn't do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I, 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 what we can do for ourselves. Excuse me. He does what we can't do for ourselves. But he provides us. He gives us the ability. He says he's given to us everything we need for life and godliness. Have you ever counseled with somebody that just wanted to hear, hear you talk and then at the end of the day they never did what you asked them to do? I've had people, I said, you just need to find you somebody you can listen to. because I don't have time to waste. Right? That's happened more than one time. But he loved them during the ministry, and he loved them to the end. I think of the rich young ruler that came, and Jesus told him what he had to do. And he said, well, I can't do that. That's, that's too much. And he let him go, right? And he grieved his heart. He grieved his heart. John 17, 19, Jesus says, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Consecrated himself, I give myself as a sacrifice. We give ourselves as martyrs for for others, as we're directed by God. See, it's always a life about others, always. And the power was for a purpose. The power was for others. And 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 uh, Martin Luther King has a beautiful, beautiful statement. Powerful. He says, "Power without love is reckless and abusive." And love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. And justice at its best is correcting everything that stands against love. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful. And we have to understand that everything Holy Spirit does is rooted and grounded in love. Everything. Everything. And the problem, and I'm going to slip over here a minute, the problem with our nation is... We have a government that has all power, but their agenda is all about their own agenda. It's not about what's in the best interest of people and we We've heard that saying that power tends to corrupt absolute power corrupts absolutely and I believe it was uh thomas jefferson i let's see I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that said that uh we forget that when we give anyone the power to give us everything we want, they also have the power to take anything you have. John Adams says, "Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. See so power we have to, we ha- power without love will will suffocate and destroy. Power without love is corrupt, and I, someone said, and I'm not sure who it was, that the more power a person has, usually the less moral they become, typically unless their hearts filled with the thing. You think about even in your own people, maybe you know the more power a person has, the less moral they become. The less moral they become. See, we gotta understand that love demands justice. We have to understand that love demands equality, that love demands mercy, and that love will correct wrongs. If we have the love of God in our heart, if we have the love of God in our heart, then we're not gonna be we're not gonna sit back at injustices. We're not going to sit back with sixty million babies being destroyed. We're not going to sit back when people of another race or color different than ours are being abused. We're not going to sit back with that. That's unjust, and our love is not going to allow that to happen. But we need power of Holy Spirit working through us to correct these things. We don't go burn down buildings. We don't go bomb abortion clinics. One of the best things we can do is pray. We can become that wise warrior that goes into the high places and releases breakthrough. We love enough to pray. Do we love enough to pray for people? Do we love our city enough to pray? Nehemiah loved Jerusalem so much he fasted and prayed for four months. Four months. Do we fast and pray? Do we care enough? Do we care enough? I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are saturated and operate only out of love. Only out of love. Galatians 5 tells us, when you're placed into the anointed one and joined in him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. This is what all that really matters. Listen to this. All that really matters is our faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. One translation says our faith working through love. That's all that matters. So we can see we have a prophetic gift. If you have a prophetic gift without love, you're going to speak your own heart, not the heart of God. We've joked a lot about this, but we've heard this. If you want a good word, I'll get $100. If you want a real good word, $500. And if you want a powerhouse word, $1,000. We've seen this. We've seen prophetic booths set up. Come and get your word. It's like a a soothsayer or or fortune teller. Come and get your word. I remember the first time I was exposed to that, I was on my way to a conference, and I heard about that going on. And I said, not me. They might be the greatest people in the world, but I can get my own word. They can confirm what God is speaking. There's a a place for the prophets. I'm not saying that. You know I believe in the prophetic voice. But a prophetic gift without love is going to speak his heart, not God's. A teaching gift without love will tear down rather than build up. A teaching gift without love is going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. A pastoral gift without love will expose rather than cover and guard the sheep. An evangelistic gift without love will count the dollars and not the souls. And an apostolic gift without love will overpower and not govern. Workers of miracles, administration, faith, healing, words of wisdom, all of these things, all the gifts of the Spirit are Spirit-empowered only if they are operating through love. And again, I'll say the greatest reason we don't see more miracles, I believe, is because we don't love enough. We are so self-absorbed. I remember when my, you've heard this, most of you have, July 7th, 1979, baptized in the Holy Spirit in my little bathroom in Salisbury, North Carolina. Just said, God, if you're real, I want it. But you know what I remember? I had the most beautiful, fluent prayer language just like that. But you know what I remember more? Was the love he put in my heart. The love he put, I was overwhelmed with a love for people that I never had before. And to this day, that's what I remember the most about my experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you know, can you speak in tongues and not have love? Yep. Can you have a prophetic gift and not have love? Yep. The gifts and calling to God are without repentance, right? But we need them operating through this love. First Corinthians 13, Paul says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't, have, didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, I have the gift of speaking all these languages, but it's noisy. It's disruptive. It brings confusion because I don't love. And we see in chapter 12 that one of the problems in the Corinthians church was that they misunderstood the nature and the purpose of spiritual gifts. And the, and they, the fact that they spoke in tongues or had other gifts elevated them in the eyes of their own self. I'm more spiritual than you. You need me. I'm more valuable. So division and, and strife and discord came into the body with the very gifts that they had been given. We have nothing that hasn't been given to us. We have no reason to boast about anything. Nothing, anything we have has been given to us through the power of Holy Spirit, right? And then he goes on to say, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing, nothing. Nothing. Then verse 13 says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest is love. Without the love, the gifts are powerless. They're meaningless. They do nothing. They accomplish nothing. It's a source of pride. It's a source of division. It's a source of strife and conflict if we don't have love. I love, I love Dan's gift. I don't want to embarrass Dan, but I love his gift for worship. He has such a love and a passion for people. And it comes through. And Now, we've had people up here that was all about them, right? We've had people that was all about them. And they got mad if they didn't get to sing so long and have so many songs and all this other stuff. Things didn't go the way. They got upset. None of the people we have today, praise God. We have, I think we have a tremendous unity, but it flows down from the anointing that's on our leader. I've watched him weep and cry as he prays over things and people and God's will. See, that's the heart of somebody that's filled with love. And if somebody would come in today and, and they'd say, I think I'm supposed to be here, I'm sure if Dan felt it was right in God, he would step aside and do what God had for him next. He's told me as much, as a matter of fact. See, that's a heart of love, a humility. That's why the Holy Spirit can move through our work. We may not have an orchestra up here, but you know what? We have the Spirit of God present as we worship. It's incredible. So Pentecost is more than speaking in tongues. Pentecost was more than power for miracles. Pentecost caused the disciples to be more concerned about bringing glory to God than to themselves. And I thought about in, in Luke 10, 17 again, where they rejoiced that, that demons obeyed them. They came running to you. Oh, the demons even obey us, God. And what did Jesus say? You just be glad your name's written in the book, right? But then afterwards, they rejoiced because they were worthy to suffer. See the difference Holy Spirit made? Pentecost poured the love of God for others into the hearts of the believers. And 3,000 people, others, into the kingdom of God. 3,000 others. I want to ask us all. We might have come here this morning and said, oh, I'm going to get all this power today. Well, do you have love in your heart? Are you looking for power? If you're looking for power, the other side of that coin is, is love. That's the other side of the coin. Do we desire to glorify God or we want a name for ourselves? Do we want a name for ourselves? Are we more concerned about our success or God's kingdom's success? What is important to us? What is more important to us? Is our political opinion more important than the person we're sitting next to on the pew or the chair? I'm not saying we compromise what are biblical views, but people are valuable. People are valuable. I've seen people in this church. When they got into the Word, realized what they were associated with was not in agreement with the Word of God. See, the Holy Spirit can do a work. Acts 2.42, I want you to listen to this this community. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. You see the the community? Including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. All for the reverence of God. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, unity, and shared everything they had. Shared everything they had. I think about Lori every time I think about this. She finds a a family on the streets living in their car with children. And she says, I've got this big house, come live with me. You know what? They were a different color, by the way. Lori didn't notice that. It wasn't important to her. Because see, the love of God in her heart was for the people. And I've seen her do that on numerous occasions. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. I love, you know, I sent out a request about Kelechi. That's a friend of ours in Lagos, Nigeria. And and he's supporting 10 families on his own salary, which is not much. And I just throw it out to the church. Church, are you willing to help Koletchi? It's only going to take a hundred dollars per family to feed them for a month, two meals a day. You know what? The 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 money came in. We had we have more than enough coming in to support Koletchi, so he can. You know, and I said, knowing him, he's what he's going to do. We relieve him of these ten. He's going to go find ten more. That's the way he is. That's the way he is. See, we share what we have. We see somebody. If you have a need, I have an, If I have a the ability, then you shouldn't have a need anymore. You shouldn't have a need. Now, don't go out wasting your money and blowing it and all this other stuff. Then you're going to have a need, right? We're going to let you learn in that process. But it says they they sold what they had and shared their money. They worshiped together at the temple every day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Those who are being saved. What's my prayer today? My prayer is for a baptism of love for our body, for our church. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. I want you to stand and I'm going to pray for you. And as you go out today, if if you're here, you can give your tithe, your offering. You can put that in the basket in the back. We had other announcements, but we knew that possibly they wouldn't get done. (laughs) So that's okay. We just want to move as God moves, don't we? I tell you, if you find someone in need, ask God, what can I do to help this person? Now, I believe in doing your due diligence, too. There's always going to be somebody coming with a handout that's not willing to do for themselves what they can do. Paul said, if you don't work, you can't eat. There's a balance in all this, right? If you're too lazy to work, then you don't eat, right? But sometimes in the day we're in today, people are are stuck. People are getting evicted at no fault of their own. People are losing their jobs at no fault of their own. People are struggling at no fault of their own. And God will provide if we, if we open our hearts. So I'm asking God, well, last week we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of wells got open. I'm asking God today to pray for a baptism of love for you, for me, for this church. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. So Father, we're just extending our hearts and our hands to you, Holy Spirit. We're asking you, Lord, just to fill us, to baptize us fresh and new with your power, your presence, your love. Lord, put the love of God in our heart, Father, that when we meet others, they're going to see, they're not going to hear our voice before they see the love in our heart for them. Father, you loved us so much that you sent your Son. You loved us so much, mighty God, that he died on the cross. Lord, you loved us so much, you reached out to us in our worst time. And Lord, you changed us, you changed our hearts, you brought salvation, you brought deliverance. Because of your great love, God, let us have that same love in our heart for others. God, I pray for every person here, every person watching through the Internet. Father God, that there'll be a fresh outpouring of your presence, your love in their hearts today. I pray, Father God, that you'll convict all of us of selfishness, of pride, of anything, Lord, that would come before you working through us on the behalf of another person. God, I thank you, Lord. Fill us fresh and new with your love. Fill us fresh and new with your love, Father God. Lord, we desire your love. We desire your love. Dan, you are You have a song you wanted to do at the end, Refine Our Hearts. Worship team, if you could join him on the stage, I want us to sing that song as a commitment song to God. And I want to ask you to come forward again, if you will. Let's just sing that song to seal that in our hearts. We want the love of God. We want our hearts pure. We want our hearts clean. Thank you, God. I can pray all day for you, by the way, but you've got to open your heart. You got to recognize where there's prejudice, whether if there's offense in your heart, forget it. Till you deal with the offense, love's not coming. You have, to, and maybe you have to ask God, help me, God. I don't know what to. I was talking to somebody recently. I said it, the pain is so deep. I can't. I don't know what to do. I said then you have to trust Holy Spirit to heal that in you. You just have to be willing. God, I'm willing. I want to let go of this pain. I want to let go. I was done wrong. I was done wrong. God, Holy Spirit, help me, Lord. And He will do that.
1: If the altar's where you meet us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering. It's right here, my life is here, and I'll be a living sacrifice for you. A refiner, the refiner, I want to be consumed. I want to be tried by fire Purified Take whatever you desire Lord, here's my life I want to be tried by fire Purified You take whatever you desire Lord, here's my life If your glory wants to come here Let it fall, we want it all Your fire is consuming Fill this place, set it ablaze And I'll be a living sacrifice for you a refiner, the refiner, I want to be consumed, I want to be tried by fire, purified, take whatever you desire, Lord, here's my life, I want to be tried by fire. Purify my heart, I want to burn for You, only for You. Clean my hands, purify my heart, I want to burn
0: zero tolerance for any prejudice whether it's racial or gender or whatever it might be when people walk through that front door we're all on the same ground we're all of equal value to God if you want to be used by God there's no reason there's no room for you to harbor offense I don't care what was done to any of us and we've all been treated bad we've all had bad things done to us we've all been abused or misused or lied about or, or whatever But there's no room in our heart. Do we want that more than we want the power of God operating? Do we want that more than we want health and prosperity? That might be what's causing some to not be successful. You know, if you're going to be tried by fire, that means there's fire coming. Right? He says when you you walk through the fire, you're not going to have the smell of smoke on you. When you go through the waters, so there's fire and waters there. But that's a purifying And if there's anything we can ask Holy Spirit today, before we ask for tongues and before we ask for all the other wonderful. I love praying in my prayer language. I love it. But let me tell you, I want a heart that's pure. I want a heart that has no room for offense. Right? And And then we can get the wisdom of God. Then we can go into those high places. Then we can release breakthrough. We have to ask ourselves what are we willing to do? What are we willing to give up? What are we willing to entertain? What's worth more than the presence of Holy Spirit? What's worth more? Some of you may remember when you got born again you had to give up some things. maybe some people, maybe some friends, maybe some relationships. Let me tell you, there's nothing worth more than Holy Spirit. There's nothing worth more than the power. There's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more than seeing someone be delivered from demons that are keeping them into in bondage so God we, we just want you Lord purify our hearts. that's our hearts cry today on Pentecost Sunday fill our hearts with you fill our hearts with your love Lord let us be the refining fire Lord let that refining fire just go through our hearts and reveal and heal Lord you only reveal to heal Reveal those things that are so deeply embedded in our hearts that we've forgotten they're there. Those resentments, those old traumas, those old childhood experiences, those old spousal experiences, Father. Things that we've buried so deeply because we just put them away and then they don't bother us, Lord. They're in that that dark room that we don't want Holy Spirit to get into. God, we say we open the door. We allow you. We give you the key to open those doors, Lord. Purify our hearts. Lord, we want a church that has a pure heart. And we declare that Impact Church is a church, church that is free of any type of prejudice, any type of offense, any type of hatred, Lord. That we walk in wisdom as a collected body. We are that wise warrior. We go into the heavens. We release breakthrough over our city. God, we declare it in the name of Jesus. We're not concerned about what others are doing, God. We just want to fulfill your call on our lives. Father, we declare that we are prosperous, we are successful. We declare that, that uh, kingdom businesses rise up out of Impact Church by the power of Holy Spirit. Father, we declare that the voices rise up in the schools out of Impact Church. We declare it in Jesus' name. We know that's your will, Lord. You said if we ask what you want, what your will is, we'll have it. God, we just thank you for it. God, we pray and we declare that Impact Church is a house of healing because the power of healing is in this place. Because we love people. It's not about getting a name for ourselves or notches on our gun holster or whatever. God, it's all about you. It's all about giving glory to you, God. Lord, we want to have a heart like the disciples that we can rejoice that we've been called to suffer for the cause of Christ. God, what a privilege to know you. What a privilege to have Holy Spirit as our counselor, as our friend. Father, we declare that Concord is free of rioting and violence in the name of Jesus. We break the stronghold of violence. We break that principality over this city of any evil intention. We break the power of that that principality and stronghold of violence. Lord, we just release into this city peace, unity, love. Saturate this city, Lord. Thank you, God we declare it in Jesus' mighty name. You said we could declare a thing and it will come to pass. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. God is good.